So the son of the man who single-handedly tried to ruin Georgia. <laughs> My godmother's boss. Oh, and the guy who, uh, you know, saved thousands of lives in racing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jim Downing. If you could describe this uh, lunch we just had in one word, what would it be? Han story. Han story? Is that one word? No. Is it Han's Tory or Han's story? Well, I was trying to say Han's story. Do <laughs> uh, is... you want to take another crack at it? Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 guess, I guess we will. And now for Dinner with Racers, presented by Continental Tire. With your hosts, Ryan Eversley and Sean Heckman. Placeholder Radio. to yet another season of Dinner with Racers. I am Sean Heckman. And I'm Ryan Eversley. And we are, we're, well, we're on the road. We are on the road. We are driving from uh, somewhere, what was that, what's the city? Hilton Head. Hilton Head, South Carolina, to Atlanta, Georgia, where I'm heading on a plane back to Los Angeles. You're going back to your home in Atlanta. Yeah, and uh, we're coming off another season of racing and another season of podcasting. Yep. And to do that, we went well, hey, we went to Atlanta, Georgia. We did. We went to Atlanta, Georgia. You've been there. Yeah, yeah. I've been around. Yeah. And uh, one of the names that's been around a lot longer than I have, but uh, has been a big part of my upbringing in sports car racing, was yeah. Jim Downing. Jim Downing. I could have used him earlier in my career. Yeah, Jim Downing might have helped you out yeah. with some uh, some safety items. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, that is because he is the co-inventor and kind of the godfather, really, of what we now know as the Hans device. And before Jim was known for the Hans device, he was really well known for being basically the Mazda guy. He was the only guy running four rotors and three rotors and all that kind of things in IMSA. He basically created the Camel Lights class, which was a big deal, which is kind of what LMP2 is now. And uh, also a multi-time national rules winner, runoffs winner, just a great road racer from Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, as Sean mentioned, the Hans device, which has saved countless amount of lives throughout the world. Uh, he's also still very active today, actually. We uh, we went out to his shop in uh, Brookhaven, Georgia, because he's still very active, uh, Ryan, in uh, restoration and historics. That's right. The Downing Shop has been in the same place for my whole life. And what's crazy is that when we drove there, it's like everything built up around it, but it is still the same old shop. And you open it up and it's like time traveling back into the, the mid 90s for me. And uh, one special note is that Trish England, my godmother, has worked for Jim Downing for a very long time now. So uh, shout out to my Aunt Trish. Absolutely. So uh, we went down to, I don't know if it's Henry's or Henri's. Henri? But we went to Henri's Bakery and Deli in uh, Brookhaven, Georgia. What'd you get, Ryan? I had a tuna fish sandwich, and that place, even though it's really close to me, I'd never heard of it before, and I said I'd go back and I haven't yet. But I really liked it. Yeah, you know what I like there? Nope. I did. No, you didn't. I, I had the chicken sandwich. You had the chicken sandwich, did you? I, We're well, doing this again? At the, well, this was a deli. What is it, eight years in? Yeah. Eight how, years of chicken sandwich. How, how, was it? how was it? Was it good? It was good. Good chicken sandwich? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you know how many chickens I've murdered <laughs> for this show? <laughs> anyway, so uh, here's some things you're going to learn about. The origins of kudzu, and that could be the weed or the race car. Being the annoying son of a car dealer. Why a guy in his 80s is still nonstop racing. 
And uh, that and, of course, much, much more. But, hey, Ryan. Yes, Sean? We could not have gotten to Brookhaven, Georgia without four tires. Technically true. Yes. Yeah, technically true. Uh-huh. Uh, I was going to say we could have Ubered there from my house. No. We're pitching we're- our sponsors. <laughs> oh, right. Right. Yeah. Would that be uh, Continental Tires? Yeah, that'd be Continental Tires. Monkey, dance. Continental Tires. What's the, the smart choice? The smart choice. In tires. In tires. Now, of course, this show doesn't exist without the support of our fans. So uh-huh. we thank you guys for watching our show on Motor Trend, for supporting Continental Tire, whether it's by buying their products or letting them know how much you appreciate this and engaging with them. We've sold shoes. We've sold serpentine belts. Hoses. All sorts of stuff. And that's because you guys are awesome about keeping this show on the road. So keep tagging them, keep sending them photos, keep saying thank you to them for putting the show on the road and bringing you such episodes as Jim Downing. Meow. All right, we're going to start in five, four, three, two. This building's been here my whole life. <laughs> and I can't believe, just driving in here just now, Across the street, the the medical center next door, like it's so different. How badly do they want you out of here for this this lot? This was when I moved in. This was the armpit of North Atlanta. Yeah, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and they uh, all this stuff just grew up around me. You know, it's just it's uh, it's a real pain, frankly. I mean, they <laughs> they, they pay this. They pay this road. Well, they they widen the sidewalk uh-huh. because they want baby carriages and uh, being pushed around mm-hmm. and and people walking and through Old Town Shambly. Yeah. I mean, this is next to a railroad, a main railroad yeah. out of town, a MARTA station, and an airport. Yep. <laughs> hey, come on, fellas. You know, let's just keep it industrial. It, it, it was industrial. For That's years. all this was. Yeah. Yeah, it was serious stuff. Because nothing about our interactions getting to today has, <laughs> has struck me as you wanting ever, ever to be fancy. Yeah. Like you're you're just a get it done kind of guy, I get the impression. Well, I still work six days a week. Yeah. I'm here 10 hours a day. I'm here running around doing something stupid, you know. And, <laughs> and I've got another building across the way. It's Mazmart. You probably remember the Mazmart operation. And my partner, Rick Ingman, uh, who has built all of our engines and that one and that one and that one. And He's very much known as like the uh, god of rotaries. Yeah. 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 You know, he died in August last. And, yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm executor on that and mm-hmm. uh, it just keeps me jumping. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, you got relatives. Because mm-hmm. you know, you're literally in charge of the estate. Is that, is yes. that the deal? Yes. Yeah. No, I'm it. Yeah. And, and would you do that for all your employees or is this because of the special relationship you and Rick had? I'm not going to do it for all my employees. <laughs> now, Rick and I became partners in the Mazmart operation yeah. many years ago. I, 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 he's worked for me since 75, mm-hmm. but then we became partners on that, and then he took over that, and I stayed over here. Yeah. To go back to the beginning, uh, you raced soapbox derbies? I did. Is that the first time you ever raced anything? Was there any go-karts prior to that? or? No. Yeah. No. I mean, well— yeah, I mean, I had a Briggs and Stratton sure. that on the street. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was like something fun, but it wasn't but like competitive karting the way we see yeah. today. No, sure. no, no, there, no, it didn't exist around here. Right. We, no, I, I built. There's a picture of my original soapbox derby that I built okay. around the corner. Yeah. 
This is just a lobby decoration oh, right here. I was, I was thinking this was the one yeah. you ran. So. No. Yeah. No, that, you know, Selmock Derby's gone to hell. I mean, the kids, the kids don't build their cars anymore. Yeah, now they're all kids, <laughs> you, right? you go buy this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Because so, Soapbox Derby is not really a known thing as much here in 2023, right. but. I don't think like, we've ever had one, anybody on that. I think it's ever been discussed, yeah, but, yeah. you know, that, so Soapbox Derby was literally a, you in your case, it was a gra- they're gravity coasters, basically, and it's meant for children uh, that you, you know, you start at the top of a hill and it ends in another. And there's a whole sanctioning league that went nationwide where you would try to win your little region and then you go to the nationals for soap Yeah, Derby. up in Dayton. Yeah, and that's exactly right. So you built your own coaster car. Yeah. And how old were you? I guess I uh, started, in, I think it was nine. Okay. Eight or okay. nine, I can't remember. So it would have been late 50s. Yeah. 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 Well... No, because I graduated from high school in 60. Oh. I'm 81 oh, wait. Oh, wait, years no, old, okay. okay. And, oh, wait, yeah, 1942, so yeah. you're in 51. 51. Yeah. 1951, that yeah. kind of thing. Was that, that something everybody did at the time? Like, was everybody a soapbox racer? Uh, well, if you... If you're into cars. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, it happened right downtown Atlanta. The, the road course was, uh, well, it was, the first one was when they were building 85, down uh, in the Georgia Tech area, it was coming out. I lived down there. My dad moved us here in, I guess, 42 or 40, the year I was born. From where? Um, well, he married my mother up in Wisconsin. He got his he got his master's up there and working on his Ph.D., and I, which he never finished. He married my mother, and the, they didn't finish, and the war started, and he came down here. Then, he, then they sent him to Washington because he was an agricultural okay. expert, and and uh, he uh, then they sent him back down here, and. I'm getting into the kudzu story here. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's fine. That's, that's what all this, this is. That's what the show is. That's what this all is about. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, I mean, because we'll, we'll talk about kudzu as it relates to your career later, but kudzu and what your dad did has a very big influence on the naming conventions you choose later. Yeah. So, but go ahead. Sorry. Well, he came down here to run the war effort for the government. For the Department of Agriculture. Yes. Yeah. When you're told to what you need to grow... Uh, oh, for the wars. so so here in rural Georgia, uh, these are the things we need to grow if we're going to help the, the yeah. troops out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and so he, and and in in the midst of that, he he discovered that that kudzu grows well, and I thought the cattle would eat it. That'd be great. Oh, sure. And it could be a little bit of a crop. And, mm-hmm. And then we all know what happened. Well, I was going <laughs> to say, do, do you know? I only know because of the research I've been doing oh, to get really? to today. I, oh. Otherwise, like, I didn't know the origins of kudzu, the yeah. race team, yeah. in terms of the naming. And I certainly didn't know, like, at the vine that is kudzu. Right. So, that's, that's, that's what I was yeah, asking. So, so, what, so, cause, so for a Californian <laughs> like me, explain to me, not not the race team, but kudzu. The, actual, the, the plant. The, the, the infectious <laughs> vine. Tell me what, what kudzu is and what, why your dad was growing this. Well, uh, again, he because uh, he he thought it would be good cattle feed. So this would be a simple, and, easy, and, and it would also ground cover, right? Uh, mm-hmm. To keep erosion down. It was right. just one part of sure of, of but what he did. And it's because it's now considered infectious. It grew really easily, right? It grows up over buildings. We literally it say covers it grows cover. like kudzu. Yeah. around here about yeah. something else. It's a yeah. standard yeah. saying, mm-hmm. absolutely. Right. It mm-hmm. is. But it was meant yeah. as an easy thing that, that cows could eat. Yeah, it was good for the war yeah. effort. Okay, yeah. and what happened? <laughs> it just, it, well, it just took over. Yeah, <laughs> it you kept know. going. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's all. 
and it's a it's a bane today. I mean, it's I've got it on the fence back of this building. It, it is a it is know. a staple of my childhood of helping my parents cut down the kudzu on the side of the of the property. You know, yeah. it was like growing over everything, and it, I mean, it just it grows and grows and grows, and it it's it's nuts. I mean, I remember it used to be all over like turn eleven and twelve at Road Atlanta. Right. On the, it probably still is on the trees out probably there. Probably is. Outside. Oh yeah, yeah, I think it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's a. <laughs> Yeah, you just can't like, kill it. You know, exactly. you go chop it right yeah. to the ground yeah. and then turn around and it's coming back. Yeah, up. yeah, that's crazy. And we have your dad to thank for this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so your dad works for the Department of Agriculture during the war, ruins the state, and <laughs> ruins the South. <laughs> and, uh, and then basically he starts a foreign car dealership. Uh, well, it wasn't foreign cars okay. in the early 50s. Okay. It, it evolved. He, he's. He just liked the different cars. Okay. I mean, I, I used to go out where he would, I would go out with him on Sunday afternoons as a kid, and he would find a cord in somebody's backyard and and figure out how to buy it, and and it grew into that, uh, and then eventually to a car car lot. Okay. And where I used to, in the early fifties, listen to. Uh, uh, Vukovic run the Indy 500 yeah, yeah. because all of the, the mechanics had it on their radios. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was down there, you know, doing what a very young, you know, you you paint the black wall tires yeah. with something that makes them look a little better. You <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, right, right. The kids did jobs. Uh-huh. Give kid, kids, right? kid jobs. Yeah. And, and, uh, and really, uh, you know, that was part of what got me going, I think, because listening to the Indy 500, sure. and, you know. Never had any desire to go race there, mm-hmm. particularly. But uh, so your dad was just a natural salesman, so to speak. Like he could, he could see something on the road and immediately flip it to make sort of. Yeah, he had that kind of salesman yeah. personality. So yeah. by virtue of building that and being around mechanics, that's where your interest in, in motorsport came. Right. From. Yeah. 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 What did your mom do? Yeah. I raised five kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Full time job. Better. I mean, she, she, she had a degree in. Uh, special education for kids that couldn't talk right and uh and but she, she couldn't practice it with five kids with five, kids, five yeah. kids or five kids you know where were you <laughs> in the five i was i'm the oldest you're the oldest yeah. i can see that okay yeah in fact i wouldn't have been here I, I was leaving tomorrow to go to my sister's 80th birthday up in uh east lansing michigan uh where bob bob hubbard yep. my hans partner and the inventor of the hans uh, lived. He, you know, he died a couple of years ago, and and uh, anyway, so that's that's what happened. It just grew into then a, a small dealership, you know, used cars. Then he got uh, a bigger a building down downtown when they were cheap, and when all the car guys, I don't know if you remember, you'll probably don't. <laughs> all the car guys are right downtown. Mm-hmm. All of them, Boomer Shine, all the all the old names. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the three-story building down there, and then got the building next door and turned into South Houston Sports Car Center, and he gradually got, uh, became a franchise dealer for, I think at one point, in a building that was not as big as this building. They had 13 different makes. Oh, wow. And yeah. All the British stuff. Mm-hmm. Um he became, uh, you know, had ro- had rolls in there, which means you probably had one car. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and uh, but uh, Jaguar was a, ma- a mainstay. Yeah. So I grew up around all those, and that's what I did in the summertime. I worked for a dollar an hour. Yeah. 
and and learn from the the, the old guys. Yeah. They seemed very old to me. They probably didn't seem <laughs> old to them, but I thought they were quite old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wait, so in all, uh, going back a few years, so in 51, early 50s, um, when Soapbox Derby Racing started, your dad was in the early stage of his car selling days. Where does this even come from? Like you saw it on the internet? <laughs> well, I, I, again, it started with Indy cars, and then I discovered the Soapbox Derby, which okay. was a, a big deal in Atlanta. Okay. It's right over by Grady High School where I, where I went. Turns out where I went to. Okay, school, so you right? live near where they were doing the thing, the yeah. big event. So you see it. Yeah, yeah. And I, you had to be part of I it. I said, "Where do I sign up?" Right. And I, and I did get sponsorship from my father. Okay. For twenty-one dollars, he bought the axles and the wheels, and that was it. Okay. <laughs> what was the deal? Yeah. What'd you get? What did he get back? I, I put Downing Motors on this. Yeah, exactly. That was it. Yeah. That, yeah. that was a sum total of my sponsorship yeah. from the family since then. Oh, ever. Uh, yeah. Ever. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. One and done. Ever. I, I mean, smart. No, Downing, your, your old man was smart. My, he was, <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm not getting involved. He was, Meanwhile, all the other soapbox kids like, he wouldn't be here if it wasn't for his dad. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that's what, he was not a racer. Yeah, person. yeah, yeah. Not yeah. interested. He could sell cars. He sounded like he was a businessman, which means he was smart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Had so, nine-year-old Jim Downing, did you build your own soapbox car? Yes. All right. It, so whole thing. You're now known as kind of like you know all through the the 80s and 90s. You you were a tinkerer who built your own chassis. Um, were you uh, were you building stuff that was unconventional then? Were you like the best cheater of all the nine-year-olds? I don't think so. No. Okay. okay. <laughs> my, my cars were, I look back, I thought they were pretty crude. Mm-hmm. I, that, I, is that I, a nine-year-old made? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. Uh, okay. However, I did win my first race. Nice. But lost the second one. It was all downhill. So I never, yeah. I never got a bicycle or one of the prizes. Yeah, uh, right, right. Friends. Okay. I had a, my best friend's dad was a professor at Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm. And he helped design oh. my buddy's car. Oh, okay. And he, oh, okay. And he yeah. went to the finals on it. Okay, so he had the factory help. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Big yeah, budget you were the privateer. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, I see. Yeah, yeah. It's like the CompTech Acura. Yeah. Of the yeah. of the, of the yeah, soapbox of the soapbox era. Yeah. 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 So, at what point do you recognize that this is something you want to continue doing for a long time? Like. Ah. Uh, I, I never thought long term about it. Uh, I I got the Elva. I now I was I've been following you know, uh, Sports Cars Illustrated, reading about Sterling Moss and, yeah. and blah blah blah. You know, and uh, so I just got started. That's all. And I was enthusiastic about my little world. Right. And and even. Uh, and I went through several cars. Right. Uh, my second car was a, a the old D Sports Racing. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. so I, I I sort of got attached to prototypes. Mm-hmm. Sure. Race Formula V for a year. Yeah. I I was on the pole at the first runoffs at the, at Riverside. Oh wow. To, towed out with a Chevy. Ambulance. I was going to say, I heard it was a hearse, but it was a hearse. Yep. Mm-hmm. Good. So, how does how does that become a tow vehicle? Put a tow hitch on it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, engineer. Anything with a tow hitch is a tow vehicle. Okay. Dog. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and there was no no freeways in those days. Right. Right. You know. Right. I mean, yeah. it was like this all the way mm-hmm. out there. Mm-hmm. How old were you? 
Uh, you couldn't race before 21. Okay. Right? So I was 21. Okay. And we towed, towed it out there. I had a, a guy with one eye. was my crew member. He, he, he drove. I mean, Tell me he had a nickname. <laughs> Don't have one. No. no okay. yeah, yeah. We're going to make one now. <laughs> yeah. But he, he, and he and I stopped at Tijuana on the way out just to get supper. We went to this sort of dark little club, and a couple of ladies sat down right next. I mean, he okay. was here. One yeah. sat here, and one sat here. Yeah. And we ordered a, a Coke, and and, and then, we thought we'd, uh, then we started thinking, I'm not sure how we're, what's going on here. Yeah, and so like, the, the lady we? over here put her hand on my leg. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, at, at, at that age, we, we said, oh, no, we, we're over our head here. We need to get out of here. Yeah, so right. we got straight up and left, walked back across the ditch. Uh-huh. There was no... there was No, no border? Nothing. Yeah. No border, nothing. <laughs> Zero. And uh, and went on our way. Yeah. But, uh, but we did fine. We got out there. And, uh-huh. uh, and um, for whatever reason, I won the poll. I'm not sure it was justified. I figure it was... Southern California Timing Association that probably made a mistake. Okay. I probably moved back to 10th place where I finished. Okay. Uh, but it was a great experience. Well, I guess they yeah. would have been doing it by hand, right? Probably The so. timing and scoring. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I just thought about that. I'm like, oh, right, because it wasn't electric. Yeah, cross the beacon at the right <laughs> it place. Wasn't electric. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Nah, none of that. Yeah. Yeah. So got the pole, but faded back to 10th. Yeah. But enough to keep wanting to do it some more oh yeah yeah oh yeah we watched bob tullius yeah uh run and you got a group 44 jag on the wall right there yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so you're doing the runoffs you're doing the um you know the, the, the d sports racer that kind of thing um at at this phase is this at any point are you thinking this is a career no yeah how are you funding the uh the racing you're doing at this point it was oh at that point. Yeah, at that point. Like, if you're getting out to yeah. Riverside, like, I mean, that's still a couple of days of gas money and probably sleeping in the car. I worked. Yeah. I just worked. I worked all the time. I mean, I worked at, I mean, then I traded a, a car. You know, I learned the business a little, mm-hmm. little bit mm-hmm. and worked in the summers. And, uh, but I funded it myself entirely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, it's on the cheap. I mean, you know, you see yeah. racers today that do it today. Yeah. I mean, do it, you know, in minimal situations. Mm-hmm. What kind of jobs were you doing? Mostly working on cars, okay. all hands-on stuff. Yeah, I mean, you know. So you'd mechanic for this guy, this dealership, or that dealership kind of thing. Well, mostly my father's stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is all to pay for your racing. Um, where's your dad in this process if he's not a racer himself? Growing the growing this business. In terms of with you, like, is he like uh, you got to grow up and you got to get a real job? Uh, Maybe you should go to college, or is he was he okay with you? Because you did go to Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech. Yeah. So, oh, I started um, that at eighteen. Okay. But it took me six years to get out because I was <laughs> I was screwing around with cars all the time. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But was uh, was Dad on board with you racing? You know he 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 didn't say anything about it. He never oh, he okay. never criticized it, but he he never praised it either. Because you never asked for money. Well, I think that's yeah. Yeah. probably probably fair. Yeah. 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 So you're an SCCA guy and then and then this uh, the same thing this, you can see the same byline for a lot of guys who are racing SCCA at the time then then randomly John Bishop with IMSA comes to you. Um, you read to, that or, somewhere, didn't you? I did. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so this is not the story then. No, it is a story. I mean, I I was I, I got to a stage where I raced a Mustang okay. uh, in Ace Dan for, for five years. Okay. And 
And then that sort of petered out and it also got too expensive. I was running my own little repair shop down on Bankhead Avenue. You know Bankhead. Oh, yeah. I listen to rap music. Well. (laughs) They talk about Bankhead a lot. Bankhead was a a rough place. Yeah. Yeah. And and in fact, fact when uh, I moved out of there when Martin Luther King was killed Mm -hmm. because I thought I was going to get shot down there. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I had... I and a buddy of mine had bought a house here in Brookhaven mm-hmm. for $18,500, thank you. Yeah. And we couldn't afford it and couldn't afford the monthly note of $103. Yeah, right. Uh, uh, but I had a front yard and a backyard. Yeah. And we brought, I brought uh, the car, I had a little car lot down there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I brought the cars up there. And, yeah. And then uh, then we, we, we found a more permanent location. Sure. And, uh, and actually uh, opened a little, a little used car dealership, mm-hmm. and that's that at that stage now. That's supporting the racing. Right, right. You know, I'm yeah. I'm finished finished tech, and and uh, I was looking for after the Mustang period, looking for what to do next. Yeah. And I'd been reading about IMSA. It was early days, and and. Uh, and uh, they, they sort of, so what you did was you called up IMSA, and I called up, got John Bishop. Mm-hmm. Didn't know from Adam, of course, and uh, sure. and he didn't have much of an organization either. He was just getting going. And John Bishop was the guy in in 1974. Like he was the John Doonan of IMSA heads. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 the founder, yeah. really. Yeah, and he he got, he and, and and Big Bill got together, and you know the IMSA story. And, and uh, and he he he's, he he really got me when he said, and Jim, every race you're going to get your entry, you know, win some money, and and you'll at least get your entry fee back, uh-huh. sixty bucks. Yeah, yeah. And and he was right. And so I I met Pete Harris, uh, Pete Harris Harrison. Uh, anyway, he had a shop up here, and he'd gotten he'd gotten mad at. Uh, IMSA because the car, the car and driver car got um, it got whacked with uh, 400 pounds from John Bishop. What year is this? That must have been 73. BOP in 1973. Yeah. But I, I've read on the internet that this is all new and <laughs> oh, it's specifically somebody quit because they thought the BOP was unfair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In 1973. That's right. Yeah. That's literally 50 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And, and somebody quit. Because the BOP was unfair. Yeah. Well, P- Pete Harrison, yeah. he was heir to the Harrison Radiator Company. He never worked a day in his life at a real job. So the wealthy entitled kid <laughs> quit because the BOP was unfair. What was his last name? Hardwick? Har- Harrison. Harrison, Harrison. Harrison Radiator. Sorry. Wait, I'm sorry. Was it General Motors. McNeil? Harrison? Pete. Pete, Pete McNeil? Pete McNeil. Yeah. No, Harrison. No, Pete Harrison. Pete Harrison. Okay, okay, sorry. I thought it was Hardwick. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So history repeats itself is what I'm hearing. Yeah. 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 He, had a, he had a shop underneath a building 500 yards from here, right up in downtown Chambly, that, again, armpit of North Atlanta. And, and Pete, uh, somehow I found out that he had his RX2 for sale. And I went up there, we worked out a deal, and I bought it. BOP is the reason Jim Downing became the Jim Downing 
that we know now. So had, had that wealthy and title guy <laughs> yeah. not quit, lives would have been lost. <laughs> right, right, right. So the of ice. Would not exist. He's here now. Yeah. Oh. Sorry. Thanks, Pete Harrison. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, that's, uh, so that, that's what happened. We raced that, and then it evolved into the ARC threes, and, and then, you know, Roger Mandeville and Walt Bourne and I were all competing along with Amos Johnson, and, and, um. Uh, just one thing led to another. And so because you are, I mean, today you are very famously known as a Mazda guy. You've, you know, decades, the, yeah, yeah, like decades mm-hmm. of Mazda racing. But this all started because somebody had an RX2 that they didn't want to race anymore because they didn't like the rules. And it was just something you could pick up. That's fair. Yeah. 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 Yep. Wow. And it then it shows you what you never know what's going to come of something. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. It's, it's, you, not, you it's never, not like you had some corporate relationship with Mazda or your dad was a Mazda dealer. Or like could see that they were sponsoring stuff and yeah. like, yeah, that's the direction I need to go in. It was more yeah. like, oh, you've got a car I can afford. Yeah. So I'm going to take that. Let me change my life real quick. Yeah. You can buy that one. Yeah. Did Pete Harrison race after that? He did. Oh, weird. Yeah. He was, he was a Porsche racer. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Copy that. So oh, quitting because of BOP is never, never effective. <laughs> I guess not. And uh, and uh, so where does where does I mean we can we can read your your biography on the internet, but you go from a guy who bought a Mazda to a guy who ends up racing you know with Mazda, and I'm sure this is a progression. So at what point do you start getting on Mazda corporate's radar for what you're doing? I think it was when I switched to the RX3. Damon Barnett was the um, the competition manager in right. Irvine, right, and. Uh, for Mazda. Yeah. yeah. And I got to know him, as Roger did, and, and, and Walt Bourne. And uh, and they, they gradually start helping a little bit. I mean, they'd help with $10,000 sure. for right. a year. In yeah. and then cash tra- or in stuff? Cash. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was, uh, and then 20000 mm-hmm. and And those numbers grew every year. Yeah. And as I had some success, um, they, they got they get better right and and then and um, this is basically the IMSA what was it, was it GTU at the time what was the class called at that time well uh, it was RS up until I won the championship in 81 right but the year before that I'd BF Goodrich that had been also gotten on board with me because right. I was having some success sure uh, but with this was it like the premier IMSA series but like the lower end yeah. cars so like the yeah. slow class of the big league so to speak well like what gtd would I think be today it was like kind of like michelin pilot is now right like shorter enduros and more street based yes yeah okay yeah, yeah, yeah. okay yeah. 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 so this is yeah. right. like the challenge rs rs yeah it was it was rs and we had we had i think one time we had 85 or 90 cars in one race one class oh wow okay these are like showroom stock kind of cars yeah yeah okay that yeah. Car. yeah, like yeah. this. Okay, yeah. so yeah, this would be. That's the car we won the championship yeah. with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay. it's a 78 Arcs 3. Okay. And, so and this would have been equivalent to what Pilot Challenge is today. Yeah. yeah. But they used to run a bunch of big Enduros and all sorts of different. I mean, it's yeah. like just a yeah. different world back then. But yeah, but, yeah, but street based stuff like this. Was, yep. Yeah. Right. A little this bit more is, affordable. This is a showroom stock uh, GT4. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then the B, I got to know the BF Goodrich people, John mm-hmm. Rastetter. Uh, and, and others, and and John's a, a, a very good friend still to this day. He lives now in Atlanta instead of uh, uh, in Elkhart. And 
they cooked up something for GTU for 81. That's the black car up here. That right, right okay. there mm-hmm. on street tires. Oh wow! That yeah, was yeah. the program. Yeah, you had to race on on yeah. their their quote street tires. That was right. BF Goodrich's rule or IMSA's rule. BF Goodrich for oh, them so you for want them the to find marketing value. Yeah, they had to have street tires in a in the big class. Yeah, yeah. So they they. They gave me a budget to buy that car. Yeah. That was $100,000. And that's back when they had, like, quite a few GT classes. But I would say for a casual listener, it's, like, basically a GT4 car now, but racing in the big races. Yeah. Like, in terms of performance. That, that's right. Yeah. What kind of power? Yeah. Two rotor Mazda. Uh, what kind of horsepower would you say? Um, 275. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so, on a street tire, that's manageable. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we squeaked out a little more since then as things have evolved. But yeah, prior not much. But prior know. to that, you're funding this by virtue of whatever you're turning from your your small business with with car sales, a little bit of money from Mazda and a little bit of money from BF Goodrich. Yeah, yeah. And, but that's what moved me into the bigger cars. Right. Yeah. I mean, that right. was right. that this was the key right deal. there. Sure. Yeah. And so that was a one-year deal, mm-hmm. and Roger Vanderbilt got one of those cars, yeah. and I got one. Who built the cars? We did. Okay. We did. But, oh, so they, they gave you a street car to work with. Yeah. Copy that. Okay. Gave us money. Yeah, right. Then, then we got the car. Yeah. 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 They didn't buy the car. Sure, I mean, sure. You know, so in 82, I, I, I modified the car into a proper car with fat tires yeah. and all yeah. that stuff and yeah. won the championship in 82 for GTU, which mm-hmm. you probably read. And, and uh, then that, because uh, I'm, I'm, now I'm following your, as, as you're, you're doing this, following the, the history here yeah yeah and we're not necessarily a history show but in your case it's not you know people don't necessarily know your career so well well there's, there's sort of a story behind mazda's funding a uh, prototype for me mm-hmm. which turned out to be an argo yeah they they looked at the car you noticed in here that brian redmond ran and the the lolas mm-hmm. yeah and noticed that in the long races they didn't finish. Right. They were fragile. Yeah. You know, it was early days with those. And they said, hmm, maybe because our rotaries turned out to be very reliable cars, engines, that we could uh, um, build a prototype. So they gave me a budget. And they, they asked, if they gave me a choice, and I won the championship, they said, well, Jim, do you, would you like to race? Do a prototype, or would you like to do GTO, GTO? And that was an easy one for me. <laughs> I like prototypes. Yeah, yeah, right. And too. so I did that, and I contracted uh, Argo in England. Yeah, which is a chassis manufacturer. To yeah. build the JM16, and Joe Marquardt did. And, and, and then, of course, by the time we got it finished for the 85 season— <laughs> the, the, the big cars got yeah. reliable. Yeah, 962s are now and doing well. So The Lola T600s yeah. are doing well. Yeah. <laughs> you decided to do this because you knew you weren't going to make a car that was going to be as fast as some of the, the other big prototypes, but they were breaking down so much like, we can win on attrition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But by the time you're done, you know, a year and a half later, the attrition is no longer a problem. That's right. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Porsche. Yeah. <laughs> Dang it, Alvin. Well, yeah, they all, it was just, yeah. mature, everybody matured. And, mm-hmm. Right. So you can't stand Alvin Springer. That's what we're hearing. <laughs> he almost ruined your yeah, career. He almost, he yeah, he almost lives would have been lost. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Alvin, 
It was actually 84 that okay. we, we, we ran the first year. I was yeah. a GTP car in 84. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, with what became on a Camel Light car in yeah. 85. Right. Sure. Yeah. Because the yeah. Porsches put out way more power than, your, than the Mosses yeah. did. Yeah. 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 And, and the big factory effort behind a lot of it. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. The development costs yeah. went to the roof, and I guarantee Mazda wasn't paying what Porsche was paying back then to do stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So the one of the most common stories told about Jim Downing lure – amongst you know people in this in this area especially is that you and apparently you won't take credit for this but uh you are the reason camel lights exists i do take some credit do for you it. Okay, okay i read that you were you were reluctant to take credit for yeah. it and camel lights is now basically what lmp2 yeah you know, i didn't lights. i didn't yeah. come up with the name my crew member came up with the name okay. Okay. I'd, i'm the one that told bishop <laughs> yeah that yeah. we should that we needed a small class. Okay. I'm a small glad, class for prototypes. Yeah. I'm glad you said that because that's all I've known is that, my whole life. It's like he's the Jim Downing is the yeah. Camel Lights guy. Like yeah. the reason it's here. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So modern day LMP2. But Cam, so basically Camel Lights was born because uh, you and Mazda built to a prototype spec, but you knew going in that it was going to be an underpowered engine. Oh, yeah. And, and as soon as Porsche well, got the reliability together, there's no point in competing, yeah. but there is this market that you're seeing for lesser powered prototype cars to be on track at the same time, which is, it's gone through some changes, but effectively kind of what LMP2 is supposed to be now. Yeah. Um, and, and, but this started with Camel Lights in the mid eighties. Yep. Yeah. Yep. For 85 season. Yeah. And I had a head start on everybody. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So I, I won the championship for yeah. the next three years in a row, and then they <laughs> then they all caught up. Right. And I wasn't I wasn't the fast guy, fastest yeah. guy anymore. Now, do you think because of the the power of a major brand like Mazda behind you? <laughs> He's laughing to himself. Uh, um, but do you think do you think the power of Mazda? So you know, John Bishop was was with you in creating a second class. Um, we've learned in modern day that. If there's an OEM, a major manufacturer behind it, it's easier to find a to get another class started. Um, do you think had there not been the Mazda factor that they would have done this? I don't really know. I don't know. Uh, I mean, it 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 helped. I mean, Bishop always always interested in in in, in funding outside. He had to be. I mean, he he was running a business, you know, and he and Raffoff and George. Oh, uh, Raffoff, yeah. Anyway, so you start, so IMSA Light starts, obviously you've had a head start because you built this car to be a, effectively a P1 spec. Yep. And then three years in a row, you guys win the championship. Yep. How hard was it to convince John Bishop to build a lights class? I, you know, I, I, I didn't go in there every day and call him to do it. I, I, I chatted about it. I suggested it. And, and then, like any proper management he came up with the idea, and and, <laughs> and, uh, uh-huh. and, uh-huh. and Sal sounds funny. Uh, yeah, and and, and uh, created it. Yeah. Made, and it made it made good business sense for yeah. him. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, at one point we were at Mid Ohio. There were twenty three prototypes mm-hmm. and twenty three Camel Light carts in one race. Yeah. Wow. I mean, think awesome. about that. You know, I'd love to see that today. You know, I mean, today, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah. what have we? Yeah, we got seven or eight GTP cars, yeah. and yeah. then a four or five of the others, and then three. Yeah. Or, you yeah. know. Now, did all the Camel Lights have Gibson motors? <laughs> no? no. Okay. No. Yeah. So it wasn't a monopoly. <laughs> um, so, uh, <laughs> do you? I, I, we picked up. We both picked up on this right away. You recognize that some people with egos need to have ideas be their own ideas. Is that your normal move to let someone else 
learn something with subtle hints so like hey what if you know you could do you know what you could come up with well i i don't know that i think about it that way sure. I, I think I, I think it was just that it work things work better if people have their own ideas <laughs> <laughs> i'm a big fan <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. it doesn't matter i don't i don't I don't care. I get enough credit, you know. It yeah. doesn't matter. Um, so we, we glance over a key thing. So Argo built your first couple of uh, Camel Lights cars. Yes. Um, but effectively, those cars were overbuilt for what you guys were doing. Uh, the, the second car, the JM-19, yeah. was. The JM-16 was sort of an ideal car. And then okay. Joe Markart uh, sort of figured out that uh, uh, there was a market going on here that was going to evolve going to move to Lamar uh, I see and right. so he built a car for Lamar right because and in, it was oversized for right. a two rotor engine because in the 1980s the Lamar series what to race at Lamar you also that series of rules could race in the US yeah but for some reason the ACO saw a fit that the American rules couldn't race over there oh there's always been that conflict so you're saying when you let the ACO set the rules it tends to favor them <laughs> Yeah. Huh. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. So Kudzu, which is your chassis manufacturer, uh, begins literally because you spent so much time modifying another car, you realized you could do it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and we had all the, I mean, two of yeah. them. And, I mean, I've got it. And we have a machine shop back there with CNC machines. Mm-hmm. And we, we had somebody build those parts. And yeah. we had Rabbit here. We built the bodies. And we, we had the whole team. Yeah. You know, it was so uh, rabbit's like one of the most famous people in imsa history internally yeah you know, I mean, right. he's built so many great he's the things. decal of imsa characters Oof. that's the those two will fight yeah, yeah they yeah. they would fight yeah yeah, yeah. did you know decal oh yeah <laughs> decal? okay sure i've given him a ride to the right. races <laughs> did you know he's still around he still goes to races today i think he is yeah. i haven't he was at daytona he's, yeah he was he daytona? Down there? Yeah. yeah i think he's flagging or something yeah 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 good, yeah. good for you he's doing something yeah, yeah. yeah. but he's the same guy yeah. yeah oh yeah well rabbit's sort of the same guy yeah. too right yeah. yeah i mean you i'd argue that one is a little bit more useful in a fab shop than the other rabbit is a very high IQ. Yeah. You, he is untutored entirely, but he is smart yeah. as hell. Yeah, just one of those people. He is yeah. really, really good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he was here today. Yeah, was he really? Yeah. Oh, I mean, cool. I, we retired. We, 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 he stopped working here two or three years ago. Right. But I called him back in and he'll do some stuff. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we're restoring a Ducheveau in the back. Oh, wow. Similar to okay. uh, what I call my wife's car over yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, I copy it, that. Well, it, and it is, actually. Yeah. I found that in the backyard. It is really? I restored it. Yeah. And and gave it to her, and I think that's why she married me. <laughs> <laughs> she really liked him. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that's, there you go. Yeah. So, yeah. Know your angle. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, when did you guys meet? Well, she was she was running the she was the liaison from Kelly Girls. Yeah, Kelly, yeah, for the Kelly Challenge. Challenge, yeah, and yeah. She she got to where to a point where she was practically running the Kelly series, not making the rules, sure, but keeping the guys straight, entertaining them, mm-hmm. and then bringing eight hundred people to the uh, to the races from. Uh, Kelly, yeah. when they were sponsoring it, yeah, I and mean, she was it, and that's where we met. Yeah, you know, it was second marriage for both of us. Sure, and, and uh, one thing led to another. 
eventually got married. So if that, if, if, was it Pete Harrison? If Pete Harrison doesn't throw his toys against the wall and quit, you might not go IMSA racing. You might not end up meeting. (laughs) It all comes together. Pete Harrison did a lot for you. He's made a lot of opportunity. Yeah. Uh, And so the, but kind of going back, so the, the, the kudzu brand of cars arrived yep. because you, you basically built the seven eights. What, how much, uh, deliberating was there on their name? <laughs> oh, that was a fair amount. Okay. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I won because I'm the boss, but, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, we'd be better around when trying to, what, what, mean, was, what of, were the other suggestions? Do you remember? No. Yeah. No, yeah. I don't remember. But, it, it turns out it was kind of it was fun for some of the announcers. Sure, they would say, "Well, it creeps up on you." Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it'll, it, they, they made You're not getting rid of it. Yeah, yeah. 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 A bunch of little jokes, you know. Uh, but and did you like that stigma of like so kudzu as a vegetation here in Georgia, <laughs> something that sort of creeps up? It's kind of infectious. Mm-hmm. You can't get rid of it, and you you yeah. like that coming with you with with yeah. your cars. Yeah. So uh, anyway, so we. We built them, raised them, and yeah, got to go over to Le Mans with them. I was going to say, like, it, fun. Was was there a goal on the driving side or on the team owner side? Like, I'd really like to go to Le Mans or like move this to something. Because I mean, sounds like you kind of went into IMSA because of it was it was, you know, your type of racing anyway. But you could have done anything back then. You know, now you get so shoehorned into like, well, you're a road racer or you're a NASCAR guy or whatever. Was there anything that was interesting to you that you were like, I really want to go that way? No. Okay. No, and I and I have to say, people in uh, even in RS days, they said, "Well, what do you want to do, Jim? Are you headed to Indianapolis?" Right. Yeah. I said, "I'm just headed to the next race." Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Yeah. So the key to success is no plan. No, no plan. There <laughs> right. was no plan. Right. No. Yeah. At, at what point uh, do you do you realize you want to start phasing out of doing this kind of stuff? On the IMSA, at the high end IMSA level, what's now WeatherTech? Are we talking about the present day? Well, no, in terms we- of so, <laughs> either way, so dying. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> because you're. Uh, I mean, the, the you and the Kudzu's race for a long time, even to like IMSA. So IMSA goes away uh, in the late '90s with the, all the Andy Evans stuff. Um, yeah. And uh, were you a fan of Andy Evans? Uh I don't know anybody who was uh, a real a real fan. Yeah. And, and, I mean, I got to know him pretty well. Yeah. I mean, the day they were talking about him buying him, so he was in my motorhome at Daytona. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and he wanted he was going around scaring up people that might say something good about him. Oh. Oh. Wow. He was really trying to find one person. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I mean, I, I got to know him. It was just that was just part of a period that was not. Not lovely in, in him, so you know, sure. stories and yeah, stuff. Yeah, the t shirts. Yep. Yeah. But you, you stuck through into the American Le Mans series, you know, which sort of rebirthed what we now have with IMSA. Yeah. Um, at what point do you decide that, that, that he, you don't want to be around anymore? Well, I think this, the times move, move, mm-hmm. move past. That's all. Um, yeah. It's, yeah at I mean, some the shop point, is still pretty active. Well, we par. I started doing some. I mean, I knew it. That, I mean, I'm in my 70s now. Okay, so yeah. then. Yeah, right. And right. so I started club racing. Mm-hmm. Where that started. Yeah, you went back to the runoffs. Yeah. I remember reading about that. I was like, that's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was great fun. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I was a prototype. Yeah. You know, and yeah. we uh, ability to put a body. Yeah, on like it. a full body kit. Yeah, right. And so we did that, and uh, I had a great time racing. Mm-hmm. You know, won some races and 
did okay. When it comes to, so in the 80s and 90s, when it came to, you know, what we would now call kind of the politicking for BOP, are there unknowns in a rotary that allow you to game the system better than a conventional uh, piston engine? No, a rotary, a rotary doesn't have a lot of torque. Yeah. You've heard that word. Of course. And it's very true. You've got some horsepower up top. Right. Uh, but it's still, it, you just had to use it that way. You, right. had, you, had, to, you had to drive to... To, to, to keep the revs, yeah. Uh, level, and it was very reliable. I sure. mean, that's that's the reason I won a lot of stuff. Yeah. Or what I did, not that I won a lot of stuff, but what I did run. Caught himself. Yeah, he, he caught, caught himself. himself. Just a minute of bragging. Yeah. Well, <laughs> how dare you? Well, we, it, it, the reliability does help. Yeah, yeah. back you know, then, big time. If you have a V6 Buick, mm-hmm. you, you know you're not going to finish all the races. Right, right. Okay, although you can be very fast sure. any given day. Uh and we could be a little more consistent. Yeah, one of the eye-opening things to me was looking back at history uh, or historical race results from you know the the heyday of IMSA, GTP, and, and races like that. Yeah. And it would be races won by five laps over second place, yeah. three laps over third place, right. and so on and so on. That's right. And so nowadays we don't know anything about that. You know, like the the Daytona 24 hour just ended with how many cars in the lead lap due to yellows and yeah, reliability and all of it. Yeah, they've all yeah, got a chance right. with two laps to go. Or whatever sure. It is. But back then, that wasn't the case. So if you guys are showing up with a motor that'll run and run and run and can take extreme amounts of heat and things like that, it's got a really good chance of being on the podium. Yep. I don't know if they called it BOP then, but how often would they set the rules for how to balance the cars out? Was it all, once the, all the time. Oh, the, every race they were changing. <laughs> okay. It really was all the time. So yeah. like, no, this uh, weekend, it's going Yeah. <laughs> This is all new. Uh, so the internet says it'd be like it would be once a year, but that is not the case. So like we're going to Mid Ohio this weekend, and Elkhart like the next, and you're yeah, gonna, in the earlier days. Okay. I mean now, uh, you, they tr- they try to set them up, but they, you know, I mean, Raffoff has to. He has to keep things balanced, and you know they can make yeah. changes right now. They can add a little of this. Oh, they do, they yeah. do yeah. we're now. literally waiting today Mid-day. to find out next week's rules. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Yeah. but like in so even in the '80s, they were changing it race to race. They could do, yeah, yeah, they could. Yeah, yeah. it wasn't yeah. uncommon. Yeah, yeah. 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 People, people would start lobbying for this <laughs> or that, including okay. me. Yeah, yeah, of course. Right. You know. Yeah. 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 What was your approach to lobbying? Was it a technical one? Was it a shouting one? Because you seem like a shouter. <laughs> <laughs> You just have quiet conversations. Yeah. Try to point your point of right. view out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because there wasn't some big weekly group conference call like no. there is now. Yeah. No, no. Yeah, nothing that. You didn't have Twitter. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. 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 Did you or Mazda ever put out a press release blaming the BOP as to why you lost? No. Hmm. <laughs> so one thing has changed. Yeah. <laughs> okay. How many people were working in the motorsports division of Mazda when you first started? racing with them on like when they were helping you with that first ten thousand dollars how many people worked just in racing for mazda then damon barnett one person oh yeah. wow yeah. yeah no yeah. he was it yeah so kind of shifting a little bit so i might get the year wrong so in 1981 at mid ohio there's a renault executive who also races quite a bit and forgive me if i'm getting his name wrong but it's is it patrick shakamar Patrick. Patrick. Patrick Jacquemar. Jacquemar. So mm-hmm. he, going into seven, has a really big head-on crash into the embankment. Mm-hmm. And, and, and to the straight. Okay. Yeah. Is that seven or That's, six? Well, depends which. Yeah, which yeah, configuration. Yeah, which one you're asking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, <laughs> I was just thinking that. <laughs> um, but he has a really big head-on crash coming down the hill yeah. and, and does not get out of it. And, yeah. And um, 
And this is said to be where the whole inspiration comes from for you guys. Yeah, pretty much it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, uh, I was very concerned about it. He was, yeah. he was a super guy. He was yeah. just one of those French people you really liked, you know. I mean, not that you just that not, the he, <laughs> okay. he, not like the ACO. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, Bob used, Hubbard used to come to my, some of the races. He mm -hmm. was a mechanical engineer and he worked for General Motors yeah. and, and then became a college professor. And this is your and, sister's husband. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Yes. Bob Hubbard. Yeah. Dr. Yeah. Hubbard. And we were very good friends. I mean, he was just that kind of guy. You know, he could be a brother. And, and uh, he, uh, so I, you know, I, uh, the story's really true. I mean, I yeah. brought it up to him. So the Patrick's crash in mid-Ohio. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and we just started thinking about it and, and batting it around some. And he came up with the idea of some sort of a collar of some sort and, experimented he did prototypes up there and then i had the composite shop with rabbit mm -hmm. right i mean rabbit's a big part right, of this because patrick's uh, uh patrick's cause of death was basal skull fracture yep which obviously has we've heard plenty about basal skull fractures in the last 20 years and so yeah. this was this was in 1981 you guys go to work to figure out how can we reduce these kind of injuries uh, i think it took it was until it, you know it was really taking shape by 83 84 until the point where the I wore the very first one in 86 at Daytona 24-hour race. And, you know, the big collar. There's, yeah, the thing was one, huge. Yeah. One yeah. sitting out there. It actually, lobby, it almost know. looks like you have a neck injury and you're in traction or something. Yeah, that's right. Is what the first one that I ever yeah. saw you wear. And that was in one of the open top cars at Red Atlanta when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, nowhere near what it looks like now. But trying to do the same thing, restrict the movement and an impact. Well, we we overkilled it. Yeah, <laughs> what happened? Because yeah. we we had little we had the connectors here mm -hmm. and here, yeah. and 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 then you could you could had some wires that go went around here that you could pull tight. Yeah, and hold your head. And I my first time at Sebring with it. I mean, I'm a skinny guy, and my neck was, you know, you get into the tenth hour at at, at Sebring and mm -hmm. and. <laughs> you know, you're over like this, yeah, you know, right. and all the bumps over. are killing you yeah. and, and stuff. And you could just tighten it up, and it would just hold your head right there in the middle. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay, so it was a, it was a comfort. I thought this yeah. is great. Everybody's going to buy that. This, yeah. You know, yeah. they're going to beat a path to the door here. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, they didn't. Yeah. yeah. In fact, yeah. you know, they, they, would, they would laugh behind my back. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, uh, so then it gradually evolved, <laughs> and you probably read the story about how. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. just to put it out there for the sake of the podcast, I mean, basically, the patent on the thing was done in, I think, 87, by the time it was officially patented. Probably yeah. uh, probably 89, because it ran out in 19. Okay, so, yeah, you but the, the patent is in late late 80s, but you, it's not yeah. like these things were selling off the shelf, because it's this, it's this what looks like cumbersome thing, and like any new safety tech yeah. in the history of racing, when a new safety tech comes out, people don't immediately adapt to it. They always come up with reasons why it won't work. I mean, we even just to put this in recent context, when the halos or the aero screens came out in open wheel racing, people are always finding reasons that these were bad ideas. It's going to block your vision. It's going to do this. It's going to do that. So, what were some of your favorite early excuses as to why this thing wasn't going to wasn't going to work? Uh, we were baffled. We didn't yeah. have an excuse. We were baffled. Sure. Uh, but what, like, mean, if you're trying, oh to, no, if you're trying yeah. to sell, like, if you're trying to sell to me, and it's 1990, what are my reasons not to buy it? 
why, why am I going to tell you? Like, what were people telling you they wouldn't buy it for? <laughs> I'm not arguing the safety. I'm arguing what was the they, excuse to not have it. They, well, the excuse to not have it was they they were uncomfortable. We couldn't they couldn't turn our head. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't fit in. Didn't fit in the car well. Didn't fit around the seat well. Yeah. Would uh, they then in turn say it's more dangerous because of this? Like I can't turn my head, so it's more dangerous. Can't get out. Quickly. We've heard. We've heard all those things. Yeah. And yeah. that's and we're talking about from the the present Formula One yeah. commentators. What's his name? Who runs the with the microphone running around the uh, Martin, Martin Brundle? Brundle. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Martin yeah, Brundle. Yeah. yeah. Bad mouth. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he I mean, even even to this day. He will say, a Formula One guy who had just had this act, well, he couldn't see because he couldn't turn his head because he's got uh, a Hans device yeah, on. Yeah. A turkey, huh. which yeah. is not true at no. all. Yeah. And, no. Uh, no. So, but we got that everywhere. Yeah. yeah. We got it everywhere. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and there will, be, there will be a scene in the movie about you where you're closing the boardroom door to laughter. Yeah. As you're slunched walking, and it'll be a montage of that over and over again. Because yeah. I guarantee yeah. that's what happened a lot, right? Yeah. yeah. Like people are like, oh, that's a dumb idea. And for some reason, oh, Matt yeah. Damon is in this one too. Yeah, he is. He I looks don't know great. why, but he is, and he looks amazing. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, we didn't start selling them until 91. Uh huh. We had a product that we thought people would buy. Sure, sure. And, and of course, we were wrong. Yeah. And uh, as you've heard the story, we. Just, you know, the round numbers, we sold 250 in the yeah. next 10 years. Yeah. Bill Earnhardt right. really put us in business. Yeah, yeah. right. right. The, the rumors, yeah. So like you said, 1991 to 2001, pre-Dale Earnhardt's accident, which was a basal skull fracture. Yeah. You sold 250 total. Total. And this is going through some really big indie car crashes in the 90s. Yeah. Drag um, racing Drag crashes. racing crashes, yeah. 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 But, if, so. if, you know, to, to Dr. Olvey's credit, and uh, they did, he, he did recommend that people wear the, right. the big device yeah. right? Uh, if he's going to sign off on uh, the injury they'd had and allow them to keep racing. Oh, interesting. So, so if you've had a prior big head injury, yeah. he wanted to make sure you wore a Hans device. That's what in the 90s yeah, that, was Steve There Olding. were a, a few of yeah. those instances okay. Okay. Where, where what was people it, wore them. What did it cost, let's say, around 95? 400 bucks. Oh, Okay. Jeez, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not like it was like some crazy thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I read an article from Dr. Hubbard um, that was written some time ago that says like in 2001 at the Daytona 500, you guys were working with some NASCAR drivers, Jeff Burton, I think, and and a couple other guys to try and encourage NASCAR folks to to use it because I think some of the manufacturers were trying to encourage this. Well, uh, actually, the IndyCar. Michael Andretti's group okay. did do some some testing. Where they uh, and that's where Emerson Fittipaldi agreed to wear one okay. and some okay. testing at, at Sebring. You know how they used to go yeah, yeah. run yeah. every year, yeah. and uh, and so there was there was some interest there, mm-hmm. and I think that was probably due to the injuries sure. and the, that. They're beginning to get the idea that there might be something, yeah. something here, and yeah. then, and then we sort of, you know, do, we we started shrinking them down after we got hooked up with Mercedes mm-hmm. and who who did the testing in Germany mm-hmm. at their sled testing and yeah. said, hmm, this thing actually works. Oh, yeah. kind of crash tests. Yeah, yeah. the, the yeah. data I mean, was something you, like an eighty percent improvement or something like yeah. that. Yeah, no, right. it was so. it was phenomenal. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we could we could do all the tests in the world, but when Mercedes does sure. it, yeah, yeah no, you know, well, it's an incredible company, but also an independent yeah. third party. Yeah, so yeah, that's right. Yeah, and 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 then then there was pressure. To, well, they're too big, and and so we, we they evolved. So Doctor Bob's got a real job 
as a doctor, you have a real job running a massive program in sports car racing. How much of this is taking, how much time is this taking up in the background for you while you're doing all your other stuff? It's just another job. Yeah. You, you just add it on. Right. Yeah. I mean, we, I didn't run, I didn't run around the country trying to, trying to sell it. I, I was, I wore it. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and now, tried do you to know set when the, an example. When the Jim Downing movie is made, because you're sitting here in front of us like, no, it's just one of my seven tasks for the day. Yeah. <laughs> but you do know in the movie, it's going to be you hat in hand. Phone. Phone. Like, you know, what do you mean you don't want airport it? to Hang airport and yeah. talking to your wife like I don't briefcase. know why no one will buy this. You yeah, know, briefcase. you do know that how that's the movie. The movie that's how the oh, scene's gonna go. Yeah, okay. all right. Yeah, just just letting you know. Yeah, we're making it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So Dale Earnhardt dies overnight. You guys start getting your your phones are getting blown up. Blown up is right. I mean, they were the the, the, the newspaper was out front of my on my lawn. Really? Here. Yeah. I mean, big uh, trucks with the. Uh, there various booms on them, mm-hmm. and as, mm-hmm. as as they were with Bob yeah. up in up in Michigan. That a Hans device would have saved this. That these were the articles. The the word was at the time amongst everybody, but NASCAR. That what would have helped? This, this, this should have yeah. helped him. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, because yeah. we were already we already had the small one at that point, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the the according to many articles, Dale Earnhardt was probably the most vocal or one of the most resistant to this idea going into that 2001 season because there were NASCAR drivers that were starting to look into this idea. Oh, yeah, Dale Jarrett. Yeah. Wore, wore, there were yeah. five of them that wore, wore it in the, uh, the race, in I that, think. In yeah. the 2001 race, yeah, Dale I Jarrett to say and Jeff Burton, I think. Yeah, it was, yeah. it was four or five. I, yeah. I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah but in, and it's said that Dale Earnhardt called it a noose as, yeah. a, as a negative oh, yeah. connotation, oh, obviously, yeah. but basically saying I'm not going to wear this thing because it's, you know. He wouldn't have worse, worn seat belts if, it, if they had right. four to <laughs> Right, 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 yeah. So, uh, yeah. I mean, in fact, uh, even Tony Stewart later, mm-hmm. uh, I can't remember what year it was, but the, we were at Daytona, 24-hour race, and Tony Stewart's name was on the marquee out front. He's going to be in the race. And he wouldn't wear a Hans device. Yeah, and, and Connie and I, we, I mean, we were down there in freezing cold weather with a bench inside near where the tire guys were uh, putting them on helmets yeah. for, for the drivers that wanted them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, service, you know. Right, right. And, and Tony, would he wouldn't do it, and we... I flew in stuff overnight for him. He said, well, you know, every, he had these excuses. It doesn't fit. Sure, So we brought it. We had two or three models. Yeah. Brought them in, tried them. And finally, Jimmy France and I walked over there to him. Jim, Jimmy France. Jimmy yeah, yeah. Mr. Jim France does. Yeah, exactly. You can call Jim France <laughs> yeah. Jimmy. Yeah. JJ. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, and basically he... Basically, he said, "You got to wear this, or you're not in the race." And and finally, he he capitulated, and and I guess he's. I mean, I I was racing, so I so I I I, I don't know that he started with it. I'm pretty sure he did. And his, but whether he wore them all night, I seriously yeah, doubt he sure, did. Sure, I yeah, mean, yeah, it was, yeah. you know, there was all yeah. sorts of stuff that goes on in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. What are you saying, Jim Downing? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Willie T. already told us. <laughs> um, how many Hans devices did you guys sell after Earnhardt died in that, in that year, 2001? About 250, and I had orders for 250 in one week. Wow. 
And, and those are round numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, I had three on the shelf. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> well, yeah. well, we we weren't selling anything. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. 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 Thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you sell two hundred fifty yeah. in ten years, that's not a high demand. Industrial item. management. Yeah, yeah. yeah. understand. Yeah. 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 yeah, I mean right. it's. I mean it's not good management. We lost money on every one. You know, <laughs> right. you, you you couldn't make it work, but because you just weren't in a place to ramp up. No. Yeah. And I assume the capital you would need for that would have been a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we, I mean, we, we literally set up in the composite shop, which yeah. is on the, the yeah, building goes on it. past what you can see. Mm-hmm. There's another big area mm-hmm. yeah. back there. We set up an assembly line. Okay. I mean, straight away, we went at it and hired people in and, and Rabbit supervised it. And, uh, and we started building as hard as we could go. And mm-hmm. I had people mad at me for a year. We didn't get caught up for a year. Yeah, there wasn't anybody else building them. Sure, you know we we had, we weren't smart enough at that stage to to sub it out. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I I mean I had people serious people who would call up and expect to be to go to the front of the line. Sure, yeah, right. You know, right. I mean I am Mister So and So, you know, and Buckler. And so we just we blew them off. And we just, we just took them by whoever yeah. ordered it. The next one they got it. And why didn't you sub out? Was it a conscious choice or just something? What? Sub out. Like, why didn't you immediately partner with somebody else? I wasn't smart it? enough to. It, it, <laughs> well, you say that because you literally didn't think of it or you thought that you would lose the money you could make? Well, we didn't. I mean, look, this was just a start. Yeah. Right. I mean, right. we, in 10 years, we were bored with it. I was about ready to give it away in 96. Yeah. I was, you know, I'm sick of this. Right. <laughs> and, and, you know, we, we tried various, various things. None of them worked. Yeah. Nobody wanted it. Nobody wanted it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, even when I when I uh, went to Le Mans in '95, I wore it yeah. at Le Mans. Yeah, and that's a track that could be useful. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. Every track shot. We went yeah. 19 hours in the rain that year. <laughs> Ooh. You know, first time there, and yeah. you're going 100 and whatever our little car would do. Yeah. Anyway, we didn't. So we didn't. We weren't. We, we didn't have anything to. <laughs> to to have somebody else build at that point, right? And right. and we were continually improving it through little little yeah. things. I mean, yeah. and, and and I was the dummy on it. I mean, we fit my body. If it fit my body, that's what we sold. And and I'm not as I'm not as skinny as I was then. I mean, I, God damn as it. I am now. <laughs> like, you know. Why is he looking at you like that? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so and it worked out pretty well. Yeah, I'd uh, say. Yeah, I mean, yeah. people yeah. they just sort of fit most folks. Yeah, and uh, and then you know then we gradually made a big one, and yeah. then we made a small one, yeah. and then we went twenty degree and thirty degree and mm-hmm. ten degrees for Indy car. I mean for a sprint car. Sprint yeah, right, yeah. right. Uh, but uh, the, uh, you know we didn't have any reason to go out until we suddenly had volume, mm-hmm. and and but we were busy trying to. F- Fill it, fill it yeah. and, and then yeah. gradually we figured out that other people could build them. To, sure, sure. And, and yeah. really do nice jobs of them. And, uh, gradually, that's what we did. Are you more proud of that or the history with the sports car program? Oh, I think the Hans more important than the whole thing. Sure. And that's just my racing. You know, this is this it was it, this is a pretty big deal. That's a huge, you know? yeah. yeah. We're over here thinking this is the craziest thing ever. You know what I mean? The Hans device is, is going to save lives 
as long as racing exists yeah. or mm. a version of or it. Right. Whatever right. the next generation. Yeah, 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 yeah. style. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, But you're talking about it like, yeah, we couldn't really make them that quickly. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's a big deal. You know yeah. what I mean? It's literally a massive, massive thing you yeah. guys have done here. Yeah. And you seem very, very laid back about it. Well... I've been messing with it for 40 years, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's, the novelty's gone. Yeah. I understand. What, I, I, on a yeah. very little level, I understand that when people are like, oh, man, I love your podcast. You're like, yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of long nights. I'm pretty tired. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, obviously, the other half of the equation in this was, was Dr. Hubbard. Um, how much credit do you feel like he got in this process? I uh, A lot. Good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he was recognized. He's been mm-hmm. recognized uh, by everybody. The F- FIA, uh, I get dragged along uh, <laughs> with it. He, but he, right. uh, okay. you know, I mean, you know that that spark about how to do it was he came up with yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And, In terms of fortunately, it, yeah. I, you know, I was able to run the business and 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 improve them. And yeah. you know, I mean, once you start making stuff, then you see, oh, I can do this. We're mm-hmm. gonna do that. Mm-hmm. And you, so you make. You do it a little bit, and I, I hired some good people. I hired a guy named Mark Stiles, who uh, uh, was a uh, this. This was the office of Hans in mm-hmm. here, and mm-hmm. we had separations, and I had seven offices mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. room yeah. right here. Yeah. You know, and we assembled them in the next room behind it. Yeah. And Trish, yeah, who is she still here? She yeah, yeah, me? she's here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Trish was uh, our top sales lady. Yeah. I mean, she people love to talk to her. Uh, they still do. So eventually you guys sell to Simpson? Yep, in 2012. And was that one of those things where it was a relief? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I could, I, could, I could see the handwriting on the wall here. We, uh, you know, everybody was trying to invent a different Hans. Sure. Or, or just copycat mm-hmm. and you're having Hopefully to not get caught do yeah. uh, you know get into legal mm-hmm. uh, problems which we did with several people okay the south african folks wanted to do it and it just went on and on and the patents were going to run out yeah and and simpson's uh um was persistent yeah and they finally got up to a number that uh both Bob, Bob and I, uh, was it was acceptable number. Yeah. And Bob really wanted to sell before that. From 2001 to 2012, that's 11 years of having to run a, a booming business like that. Especially, I can only imagine. I know our podcast world. I can only imagine how many copycats for this very sellable <laughs> device. Yeah, uh, show up, and that's a huge headache. It is a um, huge headache. You're so, exactly right. So I'm actually surprised you went that long. Yeah, um, yeah. 11 years is a long time for a small business to make something at that big of a scale was it was there an element of you didn't want to let your baby go or was this truly just a valuation statement well it was it was growing it was really growing and uh while we we had people to, that were nosing around it just seemed like it wasn't the right time and, and it wasn't uh, wasn't enough to to get us to do it i mean i see you know we were both you know we got we were eating regularly mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, yeah. uh, so uh you know, I, I could have held, held on to it a little longer, and, but it's a point where you don't. I mean, I'm, right. I was getting old, too, you know. So, so. <laughs> um, just because I don't know if I'd ever get the chance to say this to you. Uh, thank you. Oh. You know, I got well, to say, I actually got to thank, 
hey. Dr. Bob, because yeah. he did a Skip Go. Barber school back in, I think, 09. Yeah, he did. Or, and yeah. I was the instructor on Where it. Where are you? I think it was Brian Sellers and I. <laughs> and uh, right when he walked in, he's like, hi, I'm Dr. Bob, and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you're Dr. Robert Hubbard from Hans yeah. fame. And he was like, oh, you know about that? We're like, dude, we're wearing them like, yeah. right now. But <laughs> yeah. I got to say thank you to him, and I think every racer I know would appreciate us saying yeah. thank you to yeah, you I, as well. Yeah, I could have used one a few years ago. <laughs> yeah, well, before you, yeah, mid nineties, exactly. I could have used one. Yeah. So after you sell Hans, you end up buying Lanier a couple years later. Yeah. Why? <laughs> well, I, you know, when I when I got out of tech, sixty six, my, uh, my a guy became my best friend, Alan Wilcox, and I, he was an engineer, graduated as an engineer at tech. Yeah. Uh, Used to go to the races with me, and uh, we decided we wanted to build a racetrack. Okay. Yeah. And just to be clear, Lanier Speedway yeah. is a small little oval. It's right across the street from Road Atlanta. Yeah. like yeah. It, We park there on <laughs> yeah. the way to Petit yeah. Le Mans every yeah. year. Yeah. But go on. Um, so I found 150 acres out in uh, Monroe, Georgia. Uh-huh. That's about an hour from here. Yeah. And added another 100 a couple of years later, and we learned how to use dynamite. You could buy dynamite in a box, now put it talking. in the back of your uh, van, and yeah. go down a city street. Yeah, was the distributor no, uh, no problem. problem. Was the you bought it from uh, Acme? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Okay. It was Kaboom Inc. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> it was like he's standing in line. There's a coyote yeah. in front of him. Yeah. <laughs> but go on. Uh, so when we acquired that, we laid out a track. We yeah. learned, we. We financed a bulldozer. I learned how to run a bulldozer mm-hmm. and a front end loader and a dump truck and and uh, and we literally bulled out bulldozed out a track that mm-hmm. was going to be like Hans Bra- Branch in England that I had been to as an exchange person in the uh, <laughs> late fifties mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and. Uh, and so we did all that, and then the recession hit uh-huh. in '72-ish, and uh, it sort of ground to a halt. And Cousins Properties, who's the big property people yeah. uh, company here in Atlanta, bought it from us. Mm-hmm. We made some money on it. Sure. And uh, and we were out of the racetrack business. <laughs> uh, I mean, we lived it for. Four or five years, right? You right. Know, go out on the weekends. You load up your your gear and uh-huh. go out, and uh, it was it was wonderful. Did you have a name picked out? Atlanta Atlanta Motorsports Park. Okay. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> just like yeah, that. right. Yeah, just yeah, like yeah. a country yeah. club now. Yeah. Yeah. Same deal. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we had a sign out there. Yeah. yeah. Future, Future home of Atlanta Motorsports Park. Yeah. yeah. And then it changed to Thermal Club. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So when you know, I got to know Donnie Slack a little bit uh-huh. out here, who owned the track, and 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 uh, you know, I know a little bit of the history of the track. I'd been there, watched a few races. Yeah. I watched Gene Felton, yeah, uh, race yeah. there. Yeah. I, I crewed for him uh, once That's or twice. Cool. And, yeah, and uh, came available. I mean, what are you going to do in your old age? You know? I guess buy a racetrack. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we did. So, yeah. yeah. So you, so you bought Lanier, yeah. <laughs> and we we basically uh, uh, we turned it into a, a more of a full time go kart track. Yeah, and then we had 
we did have a, Na- a NASCAR race there, and then we had some Legends car yeah. uh, no. events. And NASCAR like a modified race? Legends. Like a late mo- uh, uh, you said you had a NASCAR race there, like yeah, a late model? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. It was one of the ex- the traveling series yeah, goes yeah, yeah. here and there. They came down and, and, and run, uh, ran. and So it worked out fine, but then uh, the folks at the driving club, uh-huh. I'm sure you know. Yeah, uh, Road Atlanta Driving Club. Know all of them there. They... Uh, they came up with a big uh, plan to uh, that they wanted to buy it, and mm-hmm. they, you know, they made an offer that uh, just at this point in life it just made more sense. Now, yeah. business, you buy low and sell high in motorsport. You buy high and sell tired. Um, <laughs> Seems like it. You know, yeah. just you know, uh, yeah. is that is that how how it's worked out for you, or has this actually been a good venture? Oh, it was a great, it was great fun. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't expect we were gonna. Make a this whole wasn't your lot nest of money egg. on it. Turns yeah. out we did quite well on it. Oh, good for you. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Worked out just fine. All right. I know you're not going to want to answer this, but <laughs> like we say this to other people, but in this case, it actually could happen. So the Jim Downing movie, who's going to play you? Jimmy Stewart. Oh, he's gone. Jimmy Wait. Stewart. Wait. <laughs> Sir. <laughs> How does this work? <laughs> CGI. Yeah. We can make this happen. Yeah, we could get. Yeah. The tech yeah. exists now. Yeah. Wow. But at that point, it would just be you. Yeah, right. <laughs> like Jimmy like, voice. CGI Jimmy Stewart as. <laughs> I like that you came up with that out loud. Yeah. You're like, wait, it would just be. <laughs> Is there any modern actor that would, that would have to play you? Uh, I'd. No, I have to no. give it some serious thought. Yeah. Okay. Serious thought. You're not going to give it serious thought. No. <laughs> <laughs> I've, already, I've already forgotten. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we do a pass along question. We uh, we went down to Daytona for the for the Rolex race, so we sat down with Lars Giersing, who's a very well known in the paddock sports car engineer, particularly GT cars. Uh, he works with Paul Miller Racing, that has won a bunch of stuff recently. And his question, we didn't know it'd be you at the time, so it was for anybody in racing. Uh, have you ever thought about going into the circus industry? Because that's basically what we're doing already. <laughs> You, you asked that question of no, him. This is what Lars Gearsing would like to ask of you. Yeah. He wanted this for our next guest. Which was yeah. <laughs> well, that's a funny question. I had that had not occurred to me uh, that I uh, would do that. No. Oh. Not interested. No. Not interested. <laughs> Uh, right. So our next guest, we're going to have dinner with in just a few hours, Bill Lester, who apparently you guys are friends. Yeah. He sold you. You sold him a Mazda. He said, or something to that effect. Well, I'm selling devices. Well, certainly, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. sold everybody on devices. Yeah, but if you could ask any question of Bill Lester, and you, uh, uh, it can be anything that doesn't have to be racing related. What would it be? Keep on. I, well, I'd give him some advice. So keep on doing what you're doing. I think you're doing a great job, and 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 you just deserve a lot of credit for for having to spread the racing world around as 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 well as rep, represent yourself well. Sure. Is there anything? Is there anything you've ever wanted? Guy. to is there anything you ever wanted to ask him? Yeah, how come you haven't come over for dinner? <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> okay, so every year that we record this, we have a series of we have a, uh, a recurring joke that all of our guests kind of do. Um, so we've had all kinds of things in the past, but uh, this year um, it's not so much a joke as much as a testimonial. Do you follow modern IMSA racing? Yeah. Okay. Well, so I. I, I I mean, I, I watch some of the races on t- TV. Okay. Have, and I you, went to the 24-hour race. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. So are you familiar with Nick Tandy? 
British driver who drives for the Penske Porsche? I've seen interviews for him. Okay. Him. That's all. Phenomenal prototype wow. driver. So uh, we have a friend in NASCAR, Justin Marks, who runs the track house team. Yeah, which I don't is... Justin. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah right. Yeah, he right. was around here. Um, so <laughs> yeah, he's we're. You're on the go kart track in Charlotte. Right. Yeah. That is, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, you're you correct, okay. So Justin's got a new program uh, called Project 91. So Project 91 is a road course only stock car team with his track house organization. And yeah. at all the big road courses they bring in, the whole goal of the scheme is to to bring in big name, not oval drivers. So like Kimi Raikkonen from Formula One drove in his NASCAR last year. Yeah, and he's yeah, right, right, right. So Nick grew up as a lifelong NASCAR fan. That's what he's wanted to do. But of course, living in England, NASCAR wasn't really an opportunity and he's now a great road racer. We're trying to lobby Justin to uh, to put Nick in that Project 91 NASCAR. So as 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 a man who's saved thousands of lives, how would you campaign for for Justin? If you could, if you could talk to Justin right now, what would you tell him about Nick Tandy? <laughs> What would I tell him about Nick yeah, Tandy? Why, like, should, why Justin, should he get yeah. the ride? I, I, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, right. channel your I dad don't, for a minute. I don't. <laughs> I don't keep up with it that closely. You sure. know, I, uh-huh. I mean, I. Uh-huh. You know, I watch it on TV. I go to an occasional sure. race. I go to Road Atlanta. I, I don't. I don't know these guys. Uh-huh. Okay. Not okay. Not. So driver management's yeah. not your interest. Yeah. No. You, you care to make something up? <laughs> <laughs> That's what he does. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of people that have been around a long time, you worked with Wayne Taylor years and years ago. Mm-hmm. Did anything about him at the time lead you to believe that he would become the successful enterprise of sports car racing that he is now? Wayne is sort of uh, really – really really done done well and he he's managed to steer through a lot of problems mm-hmm. and and but he he's also found a, an outstanding sponsor that's helped along that paid for our bills mm-hmm. when rain wayne that year that wayne won the championship when he was running with my car in 1995 i guess yeah and uh uh, you know, I'm watching, and I'm thrilled he's he's doing well because he, you know he 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 kept us going for a, a period of time when we didn't really have the the budget to run the way the way we did, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, he he's driven, mm-hmm. you know, and people that are driven use you know they they make things work, right. and he's smart and. And because um, of a smart wife, uh, and uh, I was happy. I, I, I'm just happy to see him do well. Right. Well, that, that's that's all. He, he he played the game very squarely with me. If he said we we've got this much money to play with, mm-hmm. he always came up with it. There was never any uh, never anything that was missing. He, uh, he insisted on results. Right. I've seen him get upset sometimes when things didn't work out the yeah, way. No, they, yeah. I'll say that's still a consistent. Yeah. Thing. yeah. yeah. Oh, it yeah. does. You see him yeah. on the on the booth. They yeah. they shoot off. Yeah. You know, when you're watching TV, you can say, "Oh, there's Wayne." He's yeah. Did he, did he have questionable eyewear back then, or, or would you say more sensible? Sunglasses time? game. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> that's a new thing. Okay. So yeah. when when he was running the WSC program, I mean Jordan and Ricky would have been around as little little kids. I, I watched them play in the sandbox with their cars. Yeah. Yeah. Literally in the yeah. sandbox, Shelly would be there just supervising the kids. Yeah. Sure. 
Did you have any idea they'd grow up to be uh, no. good in their own right? No, yeah. no, they they're outstanding. Yeah, they're yeah. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're good kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're nice guys. Both yeah. of them. They're good people. Now yeah. between yeah. the two of them, was Ricky always the funny one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The little bit that I was around. Him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this podcast will hopefully live on forever on you know various websites and and places that you could download it. What would you hope somebody that listened to this down the road would take away as your legacy? Oh, I think just uh, I think it's just been, hopefully it'll be an interesting story to listen to. I think I think your legacy very specifically will be attached to things like Hans and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, sure. Is there anything out there now uh, that I don't know if untrue is the right word, but is there anything out there now you wish was shaped a different way in terms of the way people tell the story? I don't think so. I think I think Bob, Bob and I get my. Uh, I get more credit than I'm due, and Bob gets plenty of credit. And uh, I think we all we're all happy. I mean, it's, I think it's <laughs> fine. You know? That is the most Jim Downing answer yeah. you could give. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Perfect. Cool. Well, on that note, I'd say Continental's got the check. I'm finished. I wrote this song for all my no good friends who's just getting by. Just like me Leaving the bar My breath's as hard As regular gasoline Fire up a bone While I'm swerving home Blowing smoke like a Model T Wake up to a cup It's black, as tar like a mule I'm just as empty as I am poor so I'm running on fuel I'm running on fuel it's all I can do to get up and make it through Like a power plant